Drink a night. With a movie problem. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm Laura. Today, well, last week. (laughs) Last week we watched Schindler's List and we're finally getting around to at least saying a couple things about it. So, you know, we at least put that in the archive. Continuing the trend of uplifting movies. (laughs) Yes. No. Uh, That was a low point in human history. Yeah. (laughs) But... I mean, pretty inarguably Spielberg's best movie, right? Is there is there anything that com- that that competes with that? Uh, it depends on how you define you best, guess. but it is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. He got the rights to the movie ten years before he actually made it. It took him that long to really overcome, to really prepare himself emotionally for what that was going to be. Well, and also again, like no pressure, but like tell that story and tell it well, like. And yeah, I mean, he definitely, they, the, that whole team definitely rose to the occasion from like the moment that, you know, that they do the candles and that color fade. Yeah, that was really, really well done. I, and that's all that's Spielberg essentially saying that the Holocaust is a time without color. And it's such a clear mm-hmm. metaphor. It is interesting. Gee, what are your thoughts on the girl in the red dress then? Oh yeah, well, I mean, I I think the the girl in the red dress is just a a fantastic use of that one like taking advantage of the fact that you've done, you, that the entire film has been in black and white mm-hmm. in order to highlight this one thing to remind it, 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 you well, well, yeah, it allows you to personalize that a, an experience that you're seeing happen in the aggregate from great distance. Like you and I have talked before about the power of a long distance shot. Um, to kind of allow the audience to imagine like a traumatic emotion that a character is feeling, right? Mm, like, you know, of how it's so much more effective to shoot that from very, very far away yeah, on a wide yeah. angle. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, the, the interesting thing with, with the girl in the red dress is you're, you're, you're using the distance to give the, to show the scale of the tragedy and all of these people that are being like evicted and rounded up and like, and, and, and you know, shot in the street and all <sighs> like, like, but that distance lets you, you know, lets you see the scale of it. But it's it's the little girl in the red dress that keeps you centered in that this is all happening to individual people personally. Or at least that's how I felt about it. And it gives you a focal point. And yeah. as we were just talking about black and white being the Holocaust of like a time without color. Mm-hmm. It's also that code isn't on a, a older or a middle-aged woman or a young woman. It yeah. is on a little Child. three or four-year-old who does not see the atrocity. Well, I mean, who does not process the atrocities that are happening around them. Like she's just yeah. kind of meandering around, yeah, not really knowing kind of what's going on. Yeah. yeah, and so maybe that's another reason why she's in color and that she is not. She's not processing the atrocities that are happening around her. Mm-hmm ideas yeah maybe oh so spectacularly good it's interesting so you and i have both seen that movie before it's hard to it's hard to not have seen that movie Mm -hmm. what were the parts that you had forgotten about and the parts that you remembered um so parts that i remembered are easy the memorable things are obviously the girl in the red dress Mm -hmm. obviously the um the Goodbye, like Jews. It's interesting. That's yeah. Well, primarily because of Louis C.K. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, I don't know. I'm not familiar with that one. Oh, he has, a, he has a bit on that. Yeah, like he's imagining what casting that might have been like. Oh, they're going God. down the list of like, excuse me, could you do this line? Goodbye, Jews. And could you do this line? Goodbye, Jews. And could you do this line? Goodbye, Jews. Oh, Jesus. So it's a good bit of Louis C.K. stand up. Oh, no, uh, no, no. But uh, the, yeah, the gas or the shower scene when the when the women all are in Auschwitz oh. and think they're going to get gassed oh. and, and then it turns out to be a shower. Yeah. That one. That one definitely stuck with me. Um, things that didn't stick with me, um, the war, the, when the war ended and everybody came in and, and, you know, Schindler gives that speech and then like he's bundled up into the car and they all, they, they, one of the, one of the guys has a gold tooth filling pulled out so yeah. that they can make a gold ring to give him something, some kind of an asset like that totally, totally slipped from my brain. What about you? The gold ring is something I did remember. There uh-huh. were actually more things I didn't remember than that that I had. I remember the gold ring. Mm-hmm. I remember the when they were kicking everyone out of the ghetto. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I remember the probably because I think I was younger at the time. And like there's that that sad moment with like the little like eight year old SS boy mm-hmm. and then eight year old Jewish girl where they recognize each other and he f- helps them get into, quote unquote, the good line, which is yeah. basically the line that's not going to get them shot right then. <laughs> Jeez. Um, for some reason, that stuck with me. The girl in the red dress stuck with me. The party. Like, I remember I do remember Oscar Schindler was like a party boy. Mm hmm. I forgot his wife completely. Uh-huh. No one will ever mistake you for <laughs> Ms. Shin again. Yeah. Or... Yeah. I remember the character of Stan, but I did not realize that was Ben Kingsley. Ah, yeah. And I, I, for some, yeah, you see, you got Liam Neeson and Ralph Fiennes, and it was really funny watching the menu and then like backing up and watching Ralph Fiennes. Oh, uh, as another villain. Does Ralph Fiennes ever not play villains? <laughs> Voldemort, Voldemort. I, God, it was, there were, I think something that I really appreciated this time around are some of the shots are so beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and it's kind of like a war movie where you're kind of walking the line with like, you're making a movie, so it needs to be aesthetically pleasing. How do you make a movie depicting war and still making it ugly? Yeah, and not go. Yeah, how how do you how do you how do you depict something without glorifying something? Exactly, is the act of depicting something glorifying it? Which, yeah, in a war movie is complicated. In a Holocaust movie, is really complicated. Yes, yes. And I think that came up with like Kubrick's earlier films where he was always asking that. And that absolutely applies here of it is a beautiful movie that is depicting something so utterly horrifying. The soundtrack. Mm. Oh, the soundtrack is so good and Mm. so iconic. Yeah, Yeah, but it was a movie that didn't pull pull any punches in terms of like it it did not glorify the, the Holocaust. Like it is, you know, it it the everything from the the co- like moving people into a graveyard uh, and laying the cobblestones into the camp with the gravestones that they've pulled up 
like the random people being shot for no reason by uh by Gertz. The engineer. And, you know, the engineer lady that was like, you you, you did the foundation wrong. You need to rebuild this. And they're like, what are you, an engineer? And she says, yes, I'm an engin- engineer. All right, shoot her. And they shoot her. And then they're like, well, we should do the re- redo the foundation now. Tear it down. Yeah. What? There's also a funny moment in that movie that I do not remember the first time around where they're like, the Germans are like complaining about the fucking labor shortage. <laughs> Guys. Why would, where are, why is there a labor shortage? But as you were talking about the cobblestones, like the, at the tail end of the credits, getting the cobblestones and the sky, mm-hmm. that was a beautiful shot. Mm-hmm. There's a shot with stone and the shot where the couple shots were both with stone and uh, Schindler seeing eye to eye, both in terms of like when they shook hands, yeah. when he was like, hey, can you take, I better take that drink now. You never know. Like the scenes in his office that those two shots were just a master class in, in filmmaking and covering something as mundane as a conversation mm-hmm. and recognizing that you do not need to just do your basic coverage of over the shoulder, like establishing two shot over the shoulder, over the shoulder, over the shoulder, over the shoulder. And like, no, like, do something more interesting. Figure out what your scene's really about. Fill up the whole room with fog and then blast in some lights. Kaminsky is the DP and he is so good. He's so good. Also, you just said, is this... Um, Spielberg's magnum opus, essentially. And it's either this or, um, forgive me, what's Saving Private Ryan? Mm. It could all, it, yeah. Someone could argue that it's Saving Private yeah. Ryan. Yeah, you could make that argument. I really miss Spielberg making historical epics. Mm-hmm. Lately, Ready Player One was all right. West Side Story, we covered that in a previous episode. Yep. I'm glad he's... Tackling. Big Friendly Giant. Yeah, Big Friendly Giant. Oh, did you see the Big Friendly Giant? No, I haven't seen that. We'll have to put that on the list. There's a new Spielberg movie out now, too. We have to look into that. Yeah. Just, you know, keep tabs on them. But man. That movie is heart-wrenching. Yeah. Yeah, we were having trouble thinking about how, what we would do with this podcast. Of like, what do you even say after that? Like, that was a really beautiful and powerful movie and the Holocaust sucked. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where to remember, you know, here's a bad thing that happened. Oh, here's another bad thing that happened. Yeah. But I'm glad we're talking about it because these are hmm. things that I do want to remember. Well, and I find that talking about these movies helps me remember just revisiting visually in my own mind. A lot of the shots that Yanis Kaminsky did with the, the train going out. Ugh. Yeah. Um, other sequences that I had, uh, or another thing that I had forgotten about this movie was the degree to which Schindler has a moral transformation in the course mm, of the movie. Yeah. Like, he starts the movie very like, I just want cheap labor and like. They're cheaper the gov- than poles. Yeah, they're cheaper than poles. The government will rent them to me for $5 a day. Like, and, and that's basically the complete extent of his motivation he does not care um and then it's good business 
and these are and arguing with Stern early on of like, what, why do I have these people that are old or that are one armed that are working in my factory? These aren't workers. Like you need to get like, you know, I see what you're doing and I it's risky and I don't like it. You're exposing me to danger by using this factory to save people. And then at the by the end of the movie, he's now upset at himself for not using his factory to save more people. Yeah, like this car, <clears throat> this car, this car's worth 10 people. I could have saved 10 mm-hmm. more. This pen, this pen is gold. I could have saved two people with mm-hmm. this pen. Mm-hmm. The, yes, and in the first like quarter of the movie, you have this great, and you realize Stone, um, he reached out to Stone initially. He was like, you're the one that's in charge of essentially staffing up this factory. Yeah. And Stone, one of the first people Stone hires. And it's such a good scene where a professor of history is coming down, giving his name to the SS. And they're like, a history professor. Well, this is where they're sorting people. They're sorting who, who's, people. Who's, who's a useful worker yes. and who has who's valuable and who's going to the shitty camp early, going <laughs> straight to the death camp. Yeah. And, 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 and Stern is going through giving people their papers, showing that they're, you know, good, essential, useful workers or whatever. Yes. And one of the first people that he hires is this guy who initially comes up to the, the yeah. SS people and he's like, I'm a history professor. And they're like, history? Nobody needs that. You're going to the shitty camp early. And then Stone finds the professor and he flags him and he says, no, 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 no. He's not a history professor. He's a mechanical engineer or something, whatever he was. You're a machinist. He's a machinist. And and he, took, he, took, he takes him to a different line and a different guy. And it's like, this guy's a machinist and produces the fake paperwork. Which is genius in that it's like, of course, you want someone who is good at teaching people and good at public speaking to be one of your early hires mm-hmm. to be able to train people in this factory. Oh, see, I got the sense that it was just Stern was trying to save people. Like it wasn't like that. that it wasn't like oh. he was trying to pick <laughs> the best people for the factory. But that's a good point. I thought that. Uh, huh. That was very true. And then there's that great moment where um, I mean, it's a horrible moment. But that that really well constructed moment where you have the one armed guy mm. who's super excited. He he's so grateful for the job, and that and this really does. This is a great moment that both conveys the horror of the Holocaust, and can and and shows one of the many steps that uh, Schindler takes, mm-hmm. where he gets thanked by the one armed guy. Who's like, I, I can't, he's just fawning over him. And Schindler is disgusted and annoyed and he yells at Stern and he says, don't ever let that happen again. And then the next day, as all of his workers are on the way to the factory, they get stopped shoveling snow and the Stasi are going down the list. They see that he has one arm, the same guy, yep. and they just shoot him. Yep. And Schindler... It's not a full transformation. It's a very gradual one, but yeah. that is one of the many steps. No, and it's, yeah. And it's so like, well and, and constructed. Well, it's such a good character arc. Oh, oh go ahead. Say, finish what you well, were saying. When he's, when he's yelling at people, there's a, there's a point at which he takes this trip. Here's a question. Does Schindler ever, do you think even with all of his, his progression, does he come, does he see the, his, does he see these, the people in his factory as fully human or are they, victims to be saved because like i mean obviously they do need saving in this situation but i'm thinking of like the times when he's like he's yelling at somebody like they're mine like Mm. and that and and that's early that's earlier on in the film Mm. right but like i mean at the same yeah is it a is it like a 
is it like a really uncomfortable like this is my reason my yeah. reason detro these are yeah. these people are a means to an end is it more like a like a, a children thing where it's like these are my children i'm responsible like a yeah. paternal energy yeah um which could be argued with the way that he's running the factory minus the fact that he's making out with literally all of the women in there hmm. um i don't think there's an answer to that question but yeah. it's it's an interesting question to ask in terms of character development yeah. and the internal monologue it's funny because in the first quarter of the movie as he's i don't forgot this is why i brought up the professor mm -hmm. i was like schindler's list and i was like doing the whole like 2023 hot take i was like this should have been called Stone's list this isn't schindler's list make it i see the problem with the whole like you know like of course the most famous holocaust movie doesn't feature it isn't starring a jewish man like and it really is that like Stern is like a wise old man and the protagonist's journey yeah his the, learning it would have been harder to write a film with starting with like a jewish guy who didn't care about the holocaust learning to care <laughs> about the holocaust <laughs> like yeah so structurally it absolutely makes sense that they've really zeroed in on schindler mm -hmm. even though he is a part of the nazi party yep but damn and unabashedly so in the early in the early parts of the film because they, I mean, because he got into good parties. Yeah. That was a very powerful film. I'm very glad we watched it. The cinematography is absolutely stunning. The soundtrack is absolutely heart wrenching. And the subject matter is terrifying. 